and to do just that, we reached out to our friend Than Rosenbob with CBS. He's also a law professor to break this down for us. Than, welcome back to Afternoons Live. How you been? Anytime for you, Tyler. Uh, this is uh, one of those uh, guilty verdicts that came down that um, I don't think is easily reached. Am I kind of gauging that right, Than? Well, Tyler, you know, it's a, it's a very serious crime. It's a crime to overthrow the government, and it's a post-Civil War statute that gets rarely used. And you have to show uh, that you were involved in a plot, a plan, that there was an agreement with others uh, to overthrow the government. So this is, this is the kind of thing that the January 6th committee has been looking for and had hoped that they could tie the White House and President Trump to that. I don't think any evidence like that has materialized. But what's happened in this case, of the five Oath Keepers from yesterday that were sentenced uh, in the most recent trial, uh, two of the five were convicted of seditious conspiracy. Two of the five got the main charge. And then the others got the same kind of charges that we've seen in the past. Remember, there was 900 arrested. 450 people have already pled guilty to something. So most of those, Tyler, are destruction of federal property, destruction of evidence, uh, a, a conspiracy to uh, to interfere with a set of, with a government meeting. Right, that's the idea of breaking up the electoral count vote. Uh, and so, so there are very few that have received this the seditious conspiracy charge. Uh, and what's interesting about this is that both of the people who got the convicted of convicted uh, seditious conspiracy, they weren't in the Capitol. <laughs> they were outside. They never went in the building, which shows you how complicated it is. They weren't wilding in the building. They were watching from outside. But they were they were convicted of being behind a plan to accomplish this very thing. I'm kind of I'm curious what evidence uh, was presented that uh, basically got the jury to say, "Oh, absolutely." The you know Stuart Rhodes, he was plotting to overthrow the government i mean was it text did they put it in writing was there audio what led to uh providing enough weight saying okay we haven't used this in a long time but absolutely they're guilty of this yeah you'd, you'd make a good defense attorney i mean you know the evidence there's you have to put it together right it's direct evidence but it's not you know so direct that you see you know videotape of the two of them con having a conversation Right. And planning a conspiracy to overthrow the government. You have a lot of texts that deal with their uh, coordinating and organizing the all of the events for January 6th. Apparently, here's something interesting. Uh, they organized to have guns brought for the week for January 6th. None of the guns. They were all in a hotel room. So people were encouraged to bring guns. Oath Keepers, Proud Boys. But they didn't come to January 6th with it. So that's an interesting piece of evidence, right? Why are you organizing? Why are you organizing for guns that you never brought, right? And people that always defended them say, but there's never any guns there. I know, but here's that evidence that they actually had guns. They just didn't bring it with them. So the evidence that you organized to have guns brought in, they, uh, uh, one of the main guy uh, apparently had written a number of letters to the president, Trump, of which none of them were written, uh, responded to, in which he encouraged the president, please invoke the Insurrection Act. And that way you can deputize us, because my guys with our guns, and we can protect you. So it's that kind of language <laughs> that they had evidence of. 
What? Uh, and then, and then, of course, there was actually some uh, evidence of them trying to destroy it. Hmm. What's interesting is that seems like one of the few laws they abided by is not bringing guns to the Capitol building. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. wanted to take note of that that they brought them. Yeah, well done. Leave them, leave them in the hotel room, boys. But yeah, I, I'm I'm curious. You know, this uh, a Civil War era law that has been rarely, uh, you know, found a guilty verdict from what what I understand. Um, what comes next as far as sentencing goes? What what is someone like Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, looking at? 20 to, 20 to 30 years, more, most likely on the, on the lower end of 20. Um, so those are, you know, again, serious charges. This is what uh, was always mentioned from January, from the moment of like January 7th. Prosecutors were looking at seditious conspiracy. Uh, you know, the one thing that you could say, you know, if you want to minimize, you know, you say, look, what happened on January 6th was, you know, horrifying. It's you know, just an embarrassment, shameful, criminal on multiple levels. But the one thing you have to say is of the 900 people, very, very, very few of them, and there's there's another trial that's set to go to commence, I think, next week against another four, uh, very few have gotten the main charge. That doesn't minimize the overall crime, but what it does minimize is, is the overall allegation of a plot. Right. So that what you're seeing, even in the people that get uh, convicted, they get convicted of the idea that they spontaneously went into the Capitol route. Right. They 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 got wilding and they went in. It's not clear that the evidence showed that they planned to go into the Capitol. So there's even that is very different. Right. So the issues of conspiracy to disrupt the meeting. Remember, there's also the destruction of federal property. There were some uh, some of the cases, uh, some of the convictions, acquit uh, counts went to that. Um, but the main the main theory was the, the the disruption of a of a, a federal meeting in progress. The connection of the dots is well, that meeting was about a peaceful transfer of power, and that's why you have this argument of a plan to overthrow the government, right? The one meeting you were trying to disrupt is the one that would have transferred power to a different president. And that's how they connected the dots that get you seditious conspiracy. But again, not as many of the defendants. Uh, Thane Rosenbaum, our guest, uh, CBS and, and uh, a law professor. You know, I'm curious. The word treason gets thrown around a lot, uh, you know, about a variety of things. Um, it, so as far as I don't know how to actually ask this. So bear with me, Thane. Uh, ranking. Right. So, I mean, if you have treason being the absolute worst uh, you know, crime you can commit against the United States government, I, I mean, how far down the scale does seditious conspiracy fall? Because it seems so rare. It does. Uh, well, you know, here's something, Tyler. Uh, in this documents case in Mar-a-Lago, right, uh, that's also it's a fascinating case because the legal theories all fall under the Espionage Act. And the Espionage Act is really against enemies of the state, right? So that when you say that you have evidence against President Trump, you're putting him in the same category of the, of the Rosenberg, right? That's how the Rosenberg got uh, executed, under the Espionage Act. That's how Julian Assange, right, was convicted, and, or he would be convicted. Chelsea Manning, Edward Snowden. So, you know, on the 
scale of horribles, you know, treason, of course, falls into this sort of same category of the Espionage Act because it's this attempt to actually overthrow the government. It is, it's a very serious charge. But again, you have in this instance different nuances because the very same people that plotted and planned it were also the same people that didn't, weren't in the building. And so that, you know, the, and the fact is it didn't, it didn't, it never progressed to that level. So clearly the jurors had a lot to look at. Yeah. Uh, but your original question was how clear, clear was it? That was where you, you, your defense attorney hat came in. <laughs> well, is this really evidence of mm. a real plot, a plan, a conspiracy where the, this is exactly what they planned? Yeah. Because we, we, the lawyers, are saying it looks a little spontaneous to us, and it looks like they held back. They didn't even bring guns. If they thought they were going to do this, why didn't they bring their guns? And the, the final question that, I mean, judging by how many other people were brought to you, mentioned two of the five had the same uh, guilty verdict come down, but conspiring with who? Yeah, I mean, was it conspiring with someone within the White House that didn't contact uh, the then President Donald Trump, or was addressed amongst these other militia type groups? It, has that been clearly identified thus far? Because I think yeah, about the January sixth coming up, their final, uh, you know, we we might refer some, uh, you know, things to the the Department of Justice, and there's there's an attempt to connect those dots. There has that been one step closer? These dots through this verdict? No, no. not really. Okay. I mean, the the evidence. Still doesn't the evidence shows that there was contact between Roger Stone and these men, but Roger Stone didn't work for the president at this time. You know, he was a buddy of the president. So you know, there was there was connect evidence showing that Roger Stone was using some of these guys as his own bodyguards, right? Yeah. But what the January sixth committee, the bombshell disclosure that we've been waiting for. Again, they showed a lot of good videotape of how horrendous the insurrection looked like. But it's not clear that they have any evidence showing a direct link, text messages, emails, conversations of what you just said, an actual agreement between the people in the White House and the people who were part of the, the actual insurrection to engage in this lawlessness to try to overturn the election. I'm not sure that the January 6th committee, when they finally release their findings, they're going to have more of what we're seeing now, the horrendous evidence against some of the people who were there. Just not sure they have anything that ties it directly to the White House. Remember, President Trump famously never uses an email, never did. You know, there's, there's, there's nothing in that, there's no paper trail for him there might be something for with his, some of the men and women who worked in the in West Wing, but so far we don't we haven't seen it. Thane, when does sentencing happen? Before I let you go, my friend. I think we you could expect to see it within the next month. Now remember, we've got more trials coming up, yeah. and it, and the prosecution has said yes, we've arrested nine hundred, but that doesn't mean we won't find more. Four hundred and fifty have already pled guilty. We've got a lot more cases to go. Dan, it's always enjoyable to catch up. I, I appreciate that you always answer the call when we phone you, and I tell you what, we'll do it again. Until then, you take all care, right. all right? Anytime for you, my friend. Thank right. you, Tommy. Yep, you bet. Dan Rosenbaum, again, CBS uh, legal analyst and uh, a law professor. Your thoughts, 35270.
It's provided by the Eye Consultants of North Dakota. Number of Fleetwood Mac songs coming in. I dig it. We'll play them all for you as we inch you closer to that 5 o'clock punch out. I'm Tyler Axis. You're listening to KFGO Fargo. Can you hear me? 